the Scandal Fan Podcast starts now. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Scandal Fan Podcast. I am one of your four hosts. My name is Jaha Knight, branding Amazon. And you can find me personally on jahanight.com, but you can find the show, Scandal Fan Podcast, on dramaqueenbooks.com. Now, today I want to talk with you, my people, about uh, what I've been doing in my my here life. <laughs> so over here, what I've been up to in my week, I've been working with my mastermind partners and we have been launching these business mindset masterclasses that have been phenomenal. And if you want to find out more about business, you can also go to businessmindsetmasterclass.com and check that out and see the videos that we've been sharing with everyone and the stuff that we have coming down the pike that is so much fun. I'm excited to know that I am surrounded by such a phenomenal group of women who are really, really specifically in their businesses killing the game, okay? So um, that's what I've been working on, just a lot of the components of what we're doing to share. We wrote a book, um, well, I wrote a book, and of course I'm writing books, you all know that I write books, but I wrote another book um, and that book has not yet come out. I've actually pulled all of my books from all of the retailers so you shouldn't see anything with my name on it anymore out um, on any of the retailers like Amazon or Barnes and Noble or Kobo or iTunes or any of that stuff because I've kind of pulled everything down so it all happened with that rebranding that I did um, probably around last year I started pulling all my books down because they really didn't represent what my uh, ideal client or target audience wanted for me so I had to write what people wanted <laughs> so that's what I've been over here doing, writing books, killing it in the game, okay? Because there's so much that has to be done. Um, I've been gathering authors for the Drama Queen label, the Drama Queen imprint. I said label like we have a record label or something for the Drama Queen books imprint and getting them together on what we have to release here in this upcoming year. And I'm so excited about that. I pulled my Sophisticated Ladies book down and one of the writers is going to rewrite that book and put out all of the episodes. And it's just been really, really good. I, I really truly feel like I'm living in the dream life that I've always wanted, but never really understood if I could fulfill because I took a lot of that noise that people were saying, you need to do this to be a success. You need to do this to be what, you know, people can't define success for you, you guys. People just really can't define that for you. And I've been learning that. Um, and here coming up shortly, probably within the next few weeks, I'll be doing some stuff on Periscope under my branding Amazon's um, handle. So I'll definitely keep you all abreast of what's going on with me in my life. And also we are talking live with the other Scandal Podcast crew and they are telling you what's going on for them as well, especially episode 501, they talked about it. And now in 502, we really didn't get into it as much because um, the, uh, Katrina and Langston came on later on in the episode and then we had uh, so much to go over 
it was just a good episode. I had a great time. We, of course, got heated because that's what we do on this show with our differing opinions and how we feel like this is how I feel. This is how you feel. And let me talk. No, let me talk. That kind of stuff. But it's all in love because Katrina has her opinions. I have mine. Langston has his. Eldia has hers. And we're never going to always agree. So it works because <laughs> we respect each other ultimately. And I love the fact that we have that kind of chemistry. Even if we get upset, we can pull it back and just put it back on because that's just who we are. We're professionals, darling. <laughs> so I hope you all enjoyed this episode of the Scandal Fan Podcast. Remember to join Eldia at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Periscope on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And if you want to watch us live and talk back with us, you can follow me on YouTube, and I'm quite sure you've seen the myriad, the large amount of Scandal videos, of Scandal podcast videos on YouTube that we have there. Um, and uh, you can subscribe to me on YouTube, and I'm, I believe it alerts you when we are recording a video and all that good stuff. And then you have Twitter. Of course you have Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at Scandal Podcast. And when you get there, you can, you'll see when we are under the hashtag Scandal Fan Podcast to um, chat back with us, number one. And number two, to uh, make sure that you are seeing that this is the link for the actual episode because we give that out there. Now, for sure, for sure, if you want to catch everything, you want to miss nothing, you can go to dramaqueenbooks.com and you can subscribe to the Scandal Podcast mailing list because right there, that's where you're going to get all of it. Like we're not going to leave anything out there. That's where we'll give you access to certain things that you don't necessarily have access to in the, um, well, we do give you access to it in the Scandal Podcast after dark. But, um, and you all know what that is. I'm, there's so much stuff that we're doing. Okay, Scandal Podcast After Dark is when we chat back with listeners that have um, sponsored our campaign on Patreon. And that link is dramaqueenbooks.com backslash support. And when you sponsor us on Patreon, we actually give you sneak peek information and we basically let our hair down, really let our hair down. In the Scandal Podcast After Dark, we talk about exclusive content there. Like I know for this episode, we didn't talk about Olivia's response um, at the end there, but we went in on it in the After Dark. We have insightful <laughs> little nuggets and gems in the After Dark in all of the episodes of after dark are there not just what you signed up for so every single episode we've done is listed there and we talk to you right there in that that area and i know this season we've been talking about having uh after dark listeners on the actual episodes with us when we are doing the after dark so we're going to start a little thing there especially for people on the mailing list we'll send that through the list and say if you're an after dark listener you know here's the application to apply to be a part of us talking on air instead of just you know typing back to us while we're live so that should be something that we are going to be sending out shortly if you are an after dark listener make sure you're you're signed up to the mailing list because that's where that information will come from. So we have a lot that we've planned this year. We definitely want to do a live event in the spring of next year for this podcast. So that 
is something that we are looking forward to doing and it more than likely will be here in Atlanta. Um, but we will keep you abreast on how everything is going and how we are pulling things out so that you can have more interaction, a great time with us. And the fact that you're still here even after last season is amazing because so many people dropped out because they felt like Empire was the thing and oh, you can't like two shows that have black people in it or <laughs> or how to get away with murder was the thing or black-ish was the thing and they didn't need scandal, which was crazy to me because just because you have a multiplicity of black shows on air doesn't mean you have to choose. Like, I don't know why that scarcity mentality exists, but you don't have to choose. You can like all of them. You're not being disloyal to one or the other because you like one or the other better. And I love Scandal because it really kicked down the doors for a lot of black actresses. It did so much for, you know, so many um, actors and actresses that have come afterwards. Like look at Viola Davis and the accolades she's received. That would have never happened if Shonda Rhimes hadn't, you know, done what she did with Grace for all those years. And then having Carrie Washington uh, come on and be on that team and teach them or not even teach them, but tell them, hey, let's utilize Twitter the way we can, the way we are going to. And let's make sure that we have a fandom that is eager, hungry, thirsty for our show. It, it's, it was phenomenal marketing. It was a great marketing uh, plan and it was executed very well. So I love that. And then it blew up so much that it allowed the doors to swing open for empire and power and, um, and how to get away with murder. And I'm just in blackish as well. Blackish is kind of, you know, it's, it's a little mainstream and it reminds me a little bit of the Huxtables of TT, but, uh, not in the, the same vein, but just the way that the show is kind of, you know, family friendly and just so wholesome. It really is fun. Love, love, love Tracy Ellis Ross and Anthony. He, he is hilarious. The kids are phenomenal. So just all that stuff, <laughs> just to let y'all know, I'm a fan of all the shows that have come out and have uh, really changed the landscape for not only African-Americans, African-Americans, because it's not just, well, not African-Americans, but black people. It's not just for black people. It's just good entertainment that we can see ourselves in. And that was something that was missing from the landscape of television for a little while, or we will only have one show that had us, or we were a token on another show. So I just kind of appreciate the dynamics of Scandal and the fact that we have the show. So I did say a couple of seasons back that I would try to do reviews on other shows and that might happen, but we're so busy with Scandal and I'm so busy in my other part of the other business that I'm building that I just can't see myself doing a lot of that. And even if I did, I probably would just do it on YouTube and leave it there. Nobody would even know, I don't think, but that's it. That's all I wanted to talk about. I rambled a little bit. If you skipped ahead, hey, that's you. You missed a couple things, but <laughs> I just wanted to share that with y'all. And here's the episode. Hey, Gladiator homies. This is your reasonable neighborhood scandalologist, Katrina Pavela with Scandal Podcast. We would love to invite you to interact with the bonus content in our private Google Plus group. It's one of the perks in our Patreon campaign when you support the podcast. Go to dramaqueenbooks.com support 
Now, we love the kind of support that jingles, but we'd rather have the kind that folds. So consider contributing three, five, or even $10 a month to the Scandal Podcast. We appreciate you and we love you so, so much. So give us a little sugar by heading to dramaqueenbooks.com slash support. Again, that's dramaqueenbooks.com slash support. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Scandal Fan Podcast. I am one of your hostesses. I am Jaha Knight, and I am joined today with Eldia Harris. And we're actually going to be joined by all of the gladiators here shortly. Um, everyone had some schedule conflicts or whatnot, so they'll be here in a little TT. Say hello to the people of Eldia. Hello, people. <laughs> So we had a great episode last night. What did you think about last night's episode, Eldia? I honestly, I've only gotten a chance to watch it once, but I really enjoyed it overall. I, I, to me, it felt like a little bit of a sloppy episode, if that makes really? sense. I don't. Yes, I didn't. I felt like there, it was, it didn't flow to me. But that, that's just my opinion. I know Katrina will probably strongly disagree with me about that. I strongly uh, disagree with you about do that. Do you? Yeah, I, I didn't. just, I didn't get flowed. I felt like certain scenes, like when you had, um, when Abby went up to Lizzie and Lizzie was like, "So what? Am I your bitch now? Does this?" And Abby was like, "No, I just want us to work together." And I was like, "Wait, Abby, this woman has treated you like a piece of gum stuck on the bottom of her shoe, and all you now see now you're going into details. We are not getting into okay. the details. Okay, you need to, I need to check your email like I asked you to twenty hours ago." <laughs> Okay. Overall, I like the episode, but I felt like it was sloppy. But that's just me. Mm, I like the episode. I think it had great parallels and a great um, fluidity that I haven't seen in a while. So I like the episode. So I totally disagree with you on that. Um, one of the quick questions I have for, um, oh, before we get into all of that, so thank you all for joining us. I'm glad that y'all are live with us. In order to chat back, we have questions rolling on Twitter. So to chat back, make sure you are paying attention to the hashtag ScandalFanPodcast if you are on Twitter and you can respond by answering the questions that we're asking live back on Twitter. Also, you can talk with us live right here on Google Hangouts on Air by clicking the button in the front. It should say QA somewhere on the screen and we can get those questions right in here or those responses right in here so that we're able to chat back with you. If you are chatting back on the Hangouts page, but not on the Q&A app, then I don't see that until we're off air. So <laughs> those are the only two ways that we really are paying attention to what you're saying back to us. So please make sure you work with us on that. All right, so um, Eldia is on Periscope on Tuesdays and Thursdays live talking about scandal fashion on Tuesdays. And then on Thursdays, she is uh, talking about the lives of the actors behind Scandal. So she's bringing all of the stuff that she brings to this episode or each episode to you in real time on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I had to get that out the way before we got too far adrift in the episode. So every time I see the title, yes, I keep thinking about that song, um, All You Gotta Do Is Say Yes. It just makes me... <laughs> And I knew, oh, I'm not going to get into that because that's details. So the question that I have for the first to start off with is um, hit retweet or share this episode if you all believe that Elizabeth is trying to bring her own 
people into this administration. So what do you think, um, Eldia? Do you think that Elizabeth North is trying to bring her people? Is her last name North? Yeah, I believe it is, yeah. Okay, here was my theory on this. And I can't remember if I mentioned on the last episode or not about how I thought Cyrus was going to go work for Melly and her administration and they were going to take on Fitz and Elizabeth in that administration. It would be like a battle of you know, a battle of the exes, so to speak. Oh, nice. With Fitz and, 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 and Melly and Fitz. I, I don't think I mentioned that. I do think that Elizabeth has an agenda. What it is, I don't know. I don't have a theory about it yet. Because I keep, like, looking at little things that she does. And I'm like, huh. Okay, why isn't she more upset about that? Huh, why is she so nonchalant about that? So because I do. she's not invested. That's why. But the other thing is, too, sure. if you think about it, um, she said to, to Fitz, I knew she leaked those photos because she said to him, and I think I said this on the episode, she said to him, I'm not for you cheating with, with, with Olivia. I'm not okay with this. And yeah. then I was like, oh, that shit leaked those. I said it. I swear. I think I said it on the last episode, but. But it doesn't make sense because she pimped out her boyfriend to sleep with Melly, right? Like, but that's, that's when she that. wanted to make change within the administration. Like this could literally, like, let's think about it with um, Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. They wanted to impeach him. So this right. is an impeachable offense. And Olivia, okay, so this is an impeachable offense <laughs> as far as I, I see it. So she wanted that to happen. So I just didn't think that Olivia would do what she did at the end there. I was just like, oh my uh, gosh. All right. So, I know. What do you all think? Do you think that um, that Elizabeth is trying to sabotage the administration, or do you believe that she really is, you know, there for the good of this episode? I mean, the the administration, the Fitz administration. The second question I have is: Do you think Melly's appeal to Fitz was just about her political ambitions? We all know we talk about this all the time. So, do you think that that was the case for this episode? I think, I think the way I like to, I think I said this in past episodes, but the way I like to describe it, Melly and Fitz's relationship to me is like this. You can love someone, but never be in love with them. And I feel like that's always been the basis of their marriage, like uh, how they were brought together. At some point, I feel like Fitz loved her, but he was never in love with her. And it was the opposite for Melly. At some point, she fell in love with Fitz. And so she's always trying to figure out why that happened for her, but it didn't happen for him, if, if that makes sense. Because she's always like, why don't you love me? Why can't you love me? And he's never really given her a reason as to why. He's always like, oh, you did this or oh, you did that. But it's like, even before Olivia, it was established that even before he met Olivia, their marriage was not, you know, it wasn't a marriage where they were in love. And I know people, you have all the Melly fans, you're like, what about the flashback, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, yes, we had the flashback episode. We saw that they were happy, but it doesn't mean... But it doesn't mean that he was in love with her. It, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's ever been in love with Melly. So I think for her, it's always been about more. And she's just been waiting for him to return that. And based off of the preview for next episode, it looks like she's reached that, like, she's reached that point where she's like, okay, this is how it's going to be. Then game on, because it looks like she's coming out with guns a blazing. And it looks like Melly's like, you think I was doing some shit before? <laughs> wait, wait, can you see what I got now? That's what it looks like. So I'm excited for that because I think that's how she should be. Quit waiting around for this man. Like he's never going to choose you. 
Like even when he chose you, it was only because Olivia made him choose you. He never outright chose you, Melly, ever. Ever. Get over it. Uh, LD, I put something in the chat for you. But <laughs> I think that honestly with the whole um, Melly's appeal to Fitz, it's almost like, and I can say Fitz and Melly in the relationships that they have with not only each other, but um, it's just in relationships in general. They're like the little girl inside themselves or the little girl and the little boy inside themselves. And they're always wanting somebody to just love that person that's inside of them. Instead of being a, an adult in their relationship, they're kind of, because even with Fitz, he did the same thing. I'm waiting on Olivia. And Melly was like, I'm waiting on you to say, yeah, let's get this together. Like she wanted him to say yes to her. Fitz wanted Olivia to say yes to him. They were both in that holding pattern in this episode. So I saw the parallels there with, with regards to that. But at the end of the day, um, I would think that, and, and this is outside of this episode, but I would think that a woman that has been married for that long of a period or that length of time to a man has his children, has been loyal to him in some respects, in a lot of respects, actually. And in some respects, she hasn't been, but that's only in response to some of the things that this has done. And I know when Katrina gets on here, she's going to read me, but what, at the end of the day, that's how I feel. I feel like he should have some type of loyalty to Melly because she is his wife and she should expect that from him because she married him. Sorry. So that's just, that's just how I feel about it. So um, the quote was, and the apology, Fitz asked Melly, um, and she said for the divorce papers, that was mean. You can admit that was mean, right? That was just an example of her saying, why are you treating me like this? Even though she murdered a lot of people, Everybody on this show has murdered somebody except for David, I think. I think I looked back and I started thinking about it because Katrina said this, I think, last episode. Everybody has murdered someone except for David. So um, if you were joining Yeah, he us, was just accused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're joining us live, you can chat back with us at Scandal Podcast. And you can also chat back with us on the screen here um, at... Uh, the Q&A if you're watching us live on Google Plus. Hello, Katrina Pavela. Hello, lady. Hi, how are you? <laughs> well, I'm good. How are you doing? I am okay. Somebody just tweeted me a cat face that said no. I don't know what you're talking about, Cassandra. <laughs> but it's just a cat face that says no on it. It is hilarious. Yeah. Stop well, I'm missing the conversation. Like, that, I don't oh, have any. You missed that? Oh, good. We don't have to. Yeah, we don't have to. Yeah. She ain't going to tell us all about you. We did it behind her back. Yes. Woohoo! Uh, all right. All right. So it looks like Jake found a job. Okay. Um, what do you all feel about him appearing to work for OPA as a gladiator? That's question number three. So if you're chatting back, please make sure you put that in the I just need them to, I just think they need to clone Quinn and just leave it alone. Like just clone Quinn and it'll be fine. They don't need Jay. They don't even really need Huck at this point. Just clone Quinn and you'll be fine, Olivia. I don't right? even need a clone of Quinn. Thank you. <laughs> Come on. She got She's plenty of crazy it. on her own. She even has two or three more Quinns. For me, it's like, what is it that Jake offers to OPA? Um, Huck right now is in a fragile place, and he really needs some help. Jake 
doesn't even know how to turn a printer on. He can't hack. He is a shitty spy, way shittier than Huck is. Besides this hero complex, what does he bring to OPA? He's I'm muscle. really struggling to he see is that. Muscle. Like I said, besides the hero complex, what else is he? <laughs> but they need somebody that has a little bit of, of something going on outside of being deranged and wanting to hack people up for fun. Huck is at that point and so is Quinn. Now she has three murderers that pretty much work for her as muscle, but Quinn is smart enough to be able to hack and to hold her crazy inside just a little too deep. But Huck cannot, and Jake offers something, at least he offers a diversity of the crazy a little bit, just a little bit. All I, for me, I feel like ever since Jake came into this narrative, He's been trying to displace Huck in some way, and he can't fulfill all the roles that Huck does. And I really don't want to see that happen with OPA. So if Huck has to like take a backseat to get fixed or whatever he's going to do, for me, like whatever. I'm not interested in him being an OPA, but people can argue with me about that. About oh, you know, Jake is going to be great in the role as OPA. Nobody invited you yet. You inserted yourself into the situation. And yeah, I get it. Oh, lives in trouble. I'm going to go down and save the day, which is his thing. Um, but I am not looking forward to seeing him there all the time. Him and his watery eyes. No thanks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Morgan says, um, when I asked the question about Melly's appeal to Fitz, was it just about her political ambitions? She said yes, and her need to have control over him. Despite her talk, Melly isn't afraid. You know, Mel, despite her talk, Melly is afraid of living a life without Fitz holding her up. Kamara says, I'm an Olet person, but Fitz should have gone to Melly swearing in because she has done a lot for him. Other things than nature. But she did, he did go to her swearing in ceremony. Um, and then she. No, said, I think she means like he should have gone without like Liv telling him that he was to go. Oh, girl, that was last episode. <laughs> Kamara, stay with us. Get with it. We are on episode two. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to catch up with everything I wanted to say from last It's nice to see you, Kamara. Trying to figure out how to put the links on her Tumblr. Oh. Um, then she says that Melly is trying to make her career have the correct correct aesthetics, um, a husband, two kids that she didn't want, that she didn't want. Uh, and then she says, I don't like Jake with Liv, and luckily that ship has sailed. Jake can take care of Puck. They need someone to watch Papa Pope and hunt down Mama Pope. OPA needs to have a job fair and hire some, <laughs> and hire some more people until then they need Jake. And she said, I think it's very possible that Liv will bring her people in there. Um, they're safe and Lizzie isn't. Liz is Lizzie still working with Papa Paul. Olivia bring her people into the White House? The White House. Yeah. Are you mm -hmm. Do you guys know how huge of a conflict OPA and the White House are going to be? I remember back in season two, people were like, um, towards the end, when Olivia and Fitz were like coming together, some people were like, well, Olivia could just move into the White House and she could run OPA out of there. And we just saw in 501 how that is a huge conflict of interest. And I'm so glad that Shonda played some of that out up front. Because like, in what world would Olivia be able to run OPA out of the White House? Like, no. Like, no. 
Just uh, now, Kendra said that uh, she's <laughs> talking about Melly's political career. The cat that she is mean says, I've had just about enough of your bullshit. And then, <laughs> yes, it was just about political career, not fooling nobody. She yeah. also said, Jake is cool as long as he's not trying to get a living. I'm all for it. I am too, to be honest. Yeah, I'm fine that's with true. It. Yeah. Maybe Lots he'll serve now. Maybe. Lots of fans are calling this episode classic scandal. Do you think that we got back to like kind of season one, season two of scandal with this episode? Go ahead, I'm, Katrina. They can from you. Okay. Um, I just want to say that I think this season is off to a really great start, and it's it is back to a lot of the classic kind of stuff that we know. Um, I would, you know, season one, season two, A. I would say before the the B six thirteen Jake stuff came in, and it's reason one of the reasons why I can't stand Jake is because he came in with this shift of the narrative, right? And then we started going down this um, road. Like Papa Pope's introduction was actually Jake Ballard in episode two. 14, before we ever really met Rowan, he showed up. And throughout season three and everything, the destruction that happened in season three, and then especially in season four, Olivia, three and four, Olivia fighting and losing with um, B6, B613, that fight makes her a less compelling, made her a less compelling character. And I'm really glad that that's over with. And so we can focus on this person and all of these different battles that she is trying to fight in her life and that are winnable, right? Because against them, she's not constantly being told you will lose as she was with her father. So for me, it is back to Olivia as this center fighting these battles that feel winnable to me. And I didn't feel that way um, overall in season three and parts of season four, although season four is very much about Olivia kind of being on this journey of um, fighting the fight that is necessary, not just the ones that are the winnable ones or the white hat ones and kind of replacing this running pattern with a fighting pattern for her personal life, not just for her professional life. Who do you think, Eldia? Do you think this got back to Classic Scandal Season 1, Season 2, A? Yes, I agree with Katrina on many fronts. I I said I, I said it earlier, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a little bit sloppy, but I do think it was Classic Scandal. It had moments, it had shocking moments, it had funny moments, it had it played a lot of emotional beats. Eldia, I'm confused as what you, what you thought was so disjointed about this. Yeah, please tell us what was sloppy. I, I did not see this, and that's why I'm like, what are you saying? So explain that part. I, it didn't flow to me when I was watching it. And maybe it's because I've only watched it once. So I've said that I maybe need to go back and watch it again. And it was right after I got off work. So I kind of was, you know, but it just, it didn't, a moment, there were moments that just didn't make sense to me. It just didn't flow. I don't think all the scenes fit together. Does that make like a scene with Abby and Lizzie? That didn't fit to me. You know what I mean? Like I didn't understand the, the point of it. And Lizzie was like, so what, am I your, and Abby was like, no, I just want us to be equals. And I'm like, okay. It had to what? establish a, a power paradigm, um, a shift. Okay. So that Abby doesn't feel like she's under Lizzie's thumb anymore. 
and it's more of an equal um, power play. Now Lizzie and Abby, like Abby's no longer going to be, like Lizzie basically told Abby, you're fired, bitch. Get the hell up out of here. And so Abby was like, you know, I am not here for this show. I'm not your bitch, and I don't even want to make you my bitch. I just want to see well, let's do that and we'll run the industry. Yeah. That's pretty much where I think that came from because otherwise, Abby will always be chasing her tail. You see this whole episode, this poor child chased her That's tail. True. I was like, Abby, mm-hmm. they got you right there. 25 different directions. Her hair was like, I'm surprised it didn't look like Mama Pope's after she was in that hole. <laughs> After the case took Gavin and his father and his stepmother, what do you think about that case? What do you think about her taking it at that time and about the case in general? Well, it makes sense that that's what she would do because it's classic Olivia, throw yourself into your work, focus on what you can control, focus on the narrative that you can write. Um, I didn't think the case was very compelling. It wasn't shocking. I mean, at first we all thought it was going to be the stepmom, then it turned out to actually be the kids. So I was like, okay, makes sense from an Olivia's perspective, but it was I didn't find the case that like interesting, honestly. I think it was supposed to serve more of Olivia's narrative and not necessarily be shocking. Like the obvious parallel was that they were both on the run. But the other thing that I don't know if people picked up on was the stuff Gavin was saying about his father and how that coincided with Olivia talking about the shame that she felt like all these years. And the thing is, shame is not an internally derived feeling. It's something that comes from outside. And as Olivia used the term, pressing down on me, weighing down on me, but all of its effects start to destroy us from the inside out, which is what was happening with her. Now, one of the moments that she was reliving in her head, and she's used this two different ways, right? She's used it to help strengthen her when she was going through adversity, when she um, was fighting to get through the red door when she was in captivity. One of the things she heard in her head was twice as good. But she was she was repeating it. Remember in the airplane hangar in 301, Roman says to her, you know, I told you you have to be what? Twice as good. And but he also told her that she was mediocre because um he told you you'd be first lady and you believed him. And sorry, just one little caveat, let me say to people that Olivia never said she wanted to be first lady. She said Fitz wanted her to be first lady. She never said that that's what she wanted. So people out there, don't make that mistake. And I really don't think that that's what she wants. Anyway, Olivia, that shame and what Gavin was saying about how his father called him weak all the, no, a weasel all these years. And not just that, he would tell his friends that he was a weasel and he would laugh at him. And also about the way his father spoke to him, how he yelled at him and that was just the way he addressed it. So much of that, to me, goes back to Rowan. The shame that Olivia started to feel was really, a lot of it you saw in season three. And that came from her father. He made her feel terrible and ashamed at every point. And even the last time they had an interaction, like a real face-to-face in, I think it was 219, where he tells her, it's your friends that don't know you. Um, and, you know, he berates her in all these ways. Like, constantly, that's what he's been telling her and trying to cage her life to be led 
only in the way that he approved of. And so Fitz and that kind of love and falling in love with this man is very much outside the boundaries of the life that her father thought she should be living, the life that he paid for her to be living. And she's been battling with that, with essentially being an adult and owning her life. As she said in um, the finale, I am not his child, and she's not. Well, that's interesting because I literally just said that to LD a little while ago about the fact that all these people on the show, they seem to have that little girl, little boy person inside of them, and they want somebody to tell them yes, to be to say, yeah, you're good enough, you're, you're what I want, you're who I choose. And then also you said earlier you will lose. You were saying that um, Olivia, yeah, he, and you heard him talking in her head about this episode, saying that in her head you will lose, or basically that concept of the dialogue. So I did agree. That was my next question. Did you think about the parallels between Liv and Papa Pope and Adam and his relationship with his dad and all of those things you just covered? What about you, else? What do you think about that? I do think there are many parallels, but back to what Katrina was saying, was last night's episode the first time we ever heard Olivia admit that she was ashamed for what happened between her and Fitz? She said that it's the first time she ever said um, that she spent so much time being ashamed. It's the first time she said that she's been ashamed. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That she's, she's the first time she said it out loud. That she's okay. Been she's been running from that feeling, and I I love that she said that she's been running from it. And she said, "I finally let myself breathe." Right? She kind of cast off those shackles, and we saw that at the end of last season. And she said, "Now these photos are out," which goes back to what I said about how this is an external thing that presses down upon us because the photos. Or what bring back that feeling, and it's like, why should you be ashamed? You know, it's like what Jake says: falling in love with the president is not a crime. She's been made to feel she's she's been hunted like a criminal, like Gavin is, but she didn't actually commit a crime the way Gavin literally did, right? So why should you be ashamed? Vince's marriage and any infidelity that he commits. That's not part of the oath of office that he swore to. Plenty of goddamn business, America, as he said to the nation in 221, any questions? My marriage is none of your business. And, like, it really isn't. And I hope that this season kind of plays that out. They turn the tables and it's like, why should I be made to feel ashamed? What is all this projection? That's why I love that scene with Quinn and Huck near the end because Oh no, no, no. Okay, no, okay, let's no. not go there. We'll go there. <laughs> All right. Let me stop. But this is why I love this show because um <clears throat> you really see real life with these people, with the people, the characters that are on screen. The fact that there's so much emotional retardation, that's what a lot of people are walking around with. They are a lot of people. Broken. They don't understand their own feelings. And when they do understand them, they repress them and they try to go with the, you know, they don't dig deep. And, you, and well, I was telling somebody the other day, you can have sex with somebody and still not be intimate with them. Like that's Thank just you. a real thing. And so many people are doing that now. That's a large part of why I think, I know, I understand that the relationship between Melly and Fitz doesn't I was just going to say, yeah, that was their life. Their, yeah, the relationship with them doesn't work. But like I was telling Eldia earlier, 
Melly does still have the right to want that connection, the right to, because she married this man, she's had children with him, but you can have sex with somebody, have kids with them, and still not be emotionally like invested because that there's something that's keeping you from that. But I do, I do think that Melly has a right to, to want that from him. Now, but I do will you think she that. actually wants that from him? Because I, I she don't. Does. I think every woman, I think, yeah, no, you can say no, but I think every woman, when she is sexually connected to a person, male, female, whatever, when they're sexually connected to someone, they, they have expectations. Even if they have their own selfishness, they still have expectations of the relationship itself. I just, I agree. I Jaha, I agree with you in principle and theory. I do not agree with you. No, no, I'm being, I'm being real. I don't, I don't agree with you regarding Melly. And you know, I will sit here and cite chapter and verse to say why, but I'm not going to do that. Okay. I'm just going to say, I don't think that that is true for Melly Grant. I don't agree. And we know that it's not true for Melly Grant from episode one, oh, motherfucking seven, henceforth. That's all but I'm going to say. That's just the microcosm of this lady's life. We're looking at nah. pieces that we want to see. Well, pieces that we're being shown in. I don't know. I got conflict because, you know, after they introduced that whole rape thing and all that stuff and the shenanigans of going forth, girl, look, I, I'm conflicted. So <laughs> before that, I was all like, now leave, go get your life. Now I'm like, oh, poor lady. So, okay, I'm going to read the comments from everyone that has been chiming in. I love it. Moretta Jackman says, if Jake killed, if Jake was killed off, then I would agree that this is back to classic scandal. <laughs> Y'all are a mess. Dickhead. Hey, Kamara says, because Kamara always has a lot to say. We love it, Kamara. So um, she says, what do you guys think about what Susan, no, we not even going there yet, Kamara. <laughs> Go in order. Y'all, y'all be asking questions out of sequence. <laughs> so she says she loves copy and paste Kamara. Copy and paste. Yes, it's coming. It's coming, Kamara. I love the fact that Liv laid in the bed and figured out what she was running from, which was the shame. I wouldn't have done it if I wouldn't have done it that way. But that's Liv. She had to have the time she needed to work things out for herself. And I totally agree with you. I love the fact that she did that as well. Um, Lucinda says I still felt like. It was a once upon a time moment with Abby letting the evil take over. <laughs> well, hey, she had to do what she had to do. Letting the evil take over her on the podium is what she said. Um, and then Kamara says, Katrina, I love your analysis. So she has been running from her father's idea of what and who she should be, which is not what Liv is. It's not what she wants to be. You know, that's because a lot of times we actually take our parents, um, their their idea of what success, what we should be, all that stuff. And we never reanalyze that stuff until we're older. And it's like, you know what? I don't actually consider my life to be that successful if I go by their definition of success. That's right. It doesn't feel right for you. Yeah. Yeah. When we don't do that, that's how, that's why she's conflicted because she's trying to figure that stuff out for herself, which I love. And I think she only did it after the stuff that happened last season. It had to happen for her to get to this point of evolution for herself. So I totally am here for all of that. Now, um, if you don't get out of here, you can tell everyone a girl beat you up (laughs) or I can give you to him and you won't be able to tell anyone anything ever from Quinn. Um, How did Quinn and her reaction to Huck during the pencil incident make you feel? It made me feel sad. 
I felt I felt more sad for Quinn than I did for Huck, actually, mm-hmm. believe it or not. Because it was like she was so hard on him and then she was like, Okay, I'll let it go. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. And then it was like it was like he slapped her in the face all over again and she was like, Fixed, huh? It made me feel way more sad for Quinn than it did for Huck. What about you, Katrina? What did it make you feel? You know, I think there for me, it's complicated. There was a little, if I'm just talking about this scene, I think there was a little bit of sadness for me. But I also realized that Huck has had a really mighty big fall in Quinn's eyes from Grace. And I will say Grace and the Huckleberry Quinn unique sense of it, right? Because this is a relative kind of world where they're both kind of sick people in a way. And Quinn came into that world. At one point in season two, Quinn was Huck's puppy, remember? Like, at least it started back then. It's season two B. But Quinn looked, Quinn was trying to learn everything from Huck. That was her mentor. She looked up to him. She thought she was going to find her Quinness by gaining all of, because remember, she had to figure out who Quinn was, right? This made identity. Right, after Lindsay was became dead, Lindsay died, and she had to figure out who Quinn was, and that was kind of her season three arc, figuring that out. But after he tortured her, they Quinn came into herself by going off on her own, and she came back, she brought the band back together, tried to give Huck another chance, but he was too far gone. And I think she had to come to grips in season four that this, that he is not the person that she thought he was or wanted him to be. And I think that makes her scared, as we later saw. Could I become that, that Huck is? Because at one point, she wanted to be just like Huck. She doesn't want that now because she's seen the very scary end of it, and she doesn't want that. But and that's about, where all that projection came from. But what about when at the end when she went to him and he said he missed her, but she apologized and she told him how she's not the classic girl next door either, and she doesn't have, you know, it almost seems a little bit like she wanted to, okay, I'll get to that later, but yeah, so what about at the end when she went to him and apologized? What did that make you feel? Alia, you got any thoughts? Yeah, I feel like, I I mean, I agree with Katrina 100%. It was like she wanted that, and now she doesn't. I think Quinn is seeing a lot of that, like, in people. Like, she keep in mind, when she first started, she was the girl on the outside looking in, and everything was, like, exciting and new, and she was like, oh, my gosh. And, like, now that she's in it, She's like, oh, this is this is not as glamorous as I as I thought it was. Like, From whoa, whoa. To a this ain't what I want. I mean, keep in right. mind, she, you know, keep in mind, Abby has left. Stephen has left. She's seen Harrison die. She's mm-hmm. like, she's seen Huck, you know, go off the deep okay. end, and she's seen Olivia essentially go off the deep end as well. So, I yeah. agree. I think we're seeing a lot of yeah, yeah, and she's like, uh, this is not so great. I don't know if I want this anymore. I think I, I, I have a theory, but I'm not gonna say anymore. <laughs> oh, I, I, I wanted to ask y'all. Um, did you think that? Because look at where Quinn is right now, and the fact that she did have to figure out who Quinn was um, outside of being Lindsay from before. 
do you think that her and Olivia's storyline have parallels? I, you know, I do. Um, and they may not always work out perfectly, but I always remember that it is because of Quinn that we know Olivia, right? She's the character. Harrison, you know, interviews her at the beginning, and it is through Quinn that we find out Olivia's greatness and that Olivia Pope is someone who is formidable and that you want to work for and it inspires that kind of awe in someone. And it's through Quinn that we first kind of like go into OPA and how we meet people, right? And figure out what OPA is about. And before we could ask the question, well, who the fuck is Olivia Pope? We had to ask the question, who is Quinn Perkins? And that led us to who Olivia is and the things that she's done and how she met Fifth and the, the crime that she committed, her kind of original sin and defiance and all of that and then the father and the background and all of that stuff. And season three, Quinn had to go on her kind of, she went down this rabbit hole into, um, to she was Alice in Wonderland in a, in a lot of ways and Quinn came out on the, the other side of that. She was gladiating her ass off in season four while Olivia was trying to figure out how to move forward and for me like that's what I think Olivia is going to be this season this kind of watch me take it take her life and get things kind of back in the order that she wants it to be and move forward so for me in a lot of ways what Quinn was in a more kind of comfortable space with herself in season four and that's what I hope that we a place that Olivia gets to. They're never ever going to be exactly the same because they're not the same people, but that's always a parallel. I always watch what happens to Quinn and what's coming up for Quinn because yeah. it tells us sort of what's ahead for Olivia in very different ways, but there's always yeah. a connection there. Yeah, I love that. So, Eldia, did you see the storylines collide here when Nellie, well, between Nellie wanting an apology for Fitz and Quinn doing her son? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there were two people who felt like they shouldn't have to apologize for anything that they've done. And in my opinion, that was Huff and that was Fitz. They both felt like they hadn't done anything wrong. And then Quinn and Melly were the two people who like, how do you not see that what you've done is terrible? You should be <laughs> like, it was like, you should be apologizing to me. And they're like, what? No, what? And I think for Huck, Hug is coming from the point of this is who he always was and in a sense Quinn knew that so why is she acting like she's so surprised by it I think that's where Huck is coming from like Huck is not understanding why she's got all this hurt and this anger because he's like you knew this is who I was I told you this is who I was I told you that you don't want to be like me that you would end up like me if you started to go down this road so where is this coming from and with Melly it's again Fitz has always been who he is so Fitz is like why are you surprised that I'm serving been asking you I for a divorce for a literal year why are you surprised that I am now trying to make it official? So yes, I do think they, they paralleled a lot. They've been paralleling since, since the season finale, and I noticed that. The, 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 the scene with, with Quinn and Huck is juxtaposed with this, the scene with Melly and Fitz when he tells her to get out, right? They, the Melly and Fitz scene come right after the Huckleberry mm -hmm. Quinn scene. And in both cases, the two people 
Puck and Melly are exhibiting same behavior taken to an extreme. And obviously they're connected because of Melly, the jurors got killed, and Puck is the one that killed the jurors, right? And they're both saying they didn't have a choice, they did yeah. what they needed to do, um, and they're blaming other people, right? They're victimizing themselves. They're victimizing themselves. I'm the victim in this, and they're not taking responsibility for the havoc that they have reached. So yeah, Melods and Huckleberry Quinn have been dovetailing since the end of season four. When Quinn, um, now that you brought that up, so when Quinn and Huck had their confrontation in the office, um, did do you think that, because you talked about earlier how Quinn sees herself becoming more of, of, um, of Huck a little bit. I think she's um, afraid of she, it. Yeah, sees it coming and she, she's kind of afraid of it. So do you think that when they had their confrontation in the office, um, when she asked Huck, how did Jake fix you? And mm -hmm. that question, when she asked him that, do you think it's because she also feels broken, especially at that last scene between the two of them? Yeah, I think those two scenes, um, Jaha, I think those two scenes work really well. Um, looking back, you know, as soon as Quinn admitted to her projecting, essentially, uh, in the, you know, that last Huckleberry Quinn scene, you go back and you see, ah, you were saying all that stuff to fuck, like, oh, what is that? Some kind of coping meth, you know, mechanism, that breathing thing you're, you're doing. How did Jake fix you? Because I think she wanted to know that there was some kind of switch that mm -hmm. could shut this off or save her from becoming a thing that she doesn't want to be. The word that they use in scandal all the time, a monster or an animal, you know, which Huck was called uh, last season. The thing that she doesn't want to become, I think she wants to know, is it possible? Not just because I think she really loves Huck in that kind of sibling, family way. Um, I think she also wanted some kind of safety lever that she could pull. I don't know what siblings have said to each other, but that's the ancestral <laughs> shit. Right. Yeah, well, that's what Abby called it. What did she call it? She called it. Um, hey. she call it? You got to uh, Google some Gary Springer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> what was that? Quinn she said they're incesting all over the office. <laughs> but what was that Quinn called Huck last night? Didn't she say he's like a slaughter or something? There was something she said, and it was so hysterical. Oh, funny. I don't... she said it to Jake. So what? You're his slaughter sponsor now? Yes. <laughs> I think that is hysterical. The shade. <laughs> so let's switch. Switch gears a little bit. Abby and her inability to deal with the press. How do you think that is treating his new staff? Which you know, I already got some opinions on that. So y'all go ahead and I'll give y'all mine. No, you go ahead and go, Jaha. Oh, I won't oh, get Jaha. Oh, she's like, I'm, I'm about to jump on Jaha and beat her in the head. With this. No, 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 not, 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 not like that. I um, no, no, no. I just I want to hear. So I personally feel like Fitz is back in his um tyrant little boys. Stomping around the office, my toys kind of, kind of. But I kind of feel like he's stacking that face because you all jumped all over me last episode saying that it was Olivia's responsibility to tell um, Fitz this, that, and the third, but he did it again. Now he has a. a what? When did we say it was her responsibility to tell him? Oh, no, not tell him, but tell Abby about their situation. 
but he's done no, it. No, no, no. I agree <laughs> with you that it was Fix's responsibility to tell Abby or um, Liz that he was going to Melly Sings. I did agree with you on that. I said, you agree with ever, that on it, on I said, no, no, no. Did I? No, no, no. I agree with you on the no, argument. No, y'all did not. I did. Let back. I watched that show that last night. Last night. Roll that beautiful beautiful. No, I want to be clear with what I with what I said. Sorry, it's like okay. a, it's a pet peeve of mine since I was like a little girl because I used to get accused of things that I didn't do. So I oh. like for like, things I say to be clear. I agree with you on that part that it technically was Fitz's responsibility, but I also felt not that technically that, it was. No, no, it wasn't. No, no, not technically. You're right. Not technically, it was Fitz's responsibility, but I still also felt like um, it was causing problems. For Abby and I said, and it Olivia, did. Ex, I agree. Ex White House, you know, communications director, like Olivia, are you not thinking about that part but of it? But that's not her job. She does not. It's like, not her, her job. job. In the after dark, and I'll say it again, Olivia is not responsible for what Fitz does with his administration and his people. Yes, yeah, she's sleeping with him. Yes, yeah, she's been. That's in the not White what House. I mean. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not saying that's what you mean. I'm just. No, no. no. But it's I not mean. about Fitz. It's not about Fitz. It's about what she wants, right? So if I'm talking about protecting the thing that she wants, not about Fitz's administration, like okay. if something happens with them as it did, right? And she wanted to protect what it is that they have. If no one. If the people that are the mouthpiece and responsible for communicating to the uh, communicating to the outside world, if they don't know that there is something to protect, how are you going to remain protected? And that's again, what I was. So that's about. that's where we are now with the administration question. Fitz did it again. Abby knew absolutely nothing about Melly being there. She knew absolutely nothing about the fact that they were sitting down and do this thing, which she did instigate because she went to Fitz she and had that ex parte conversation That's with right. him on the balcony and telling him about what Olivia would do and who Olivia really is. She did do that. However, the problem is that Fitz does not know how to communicate what needs to happen. Like Cyrus said, Cyrus was like, you know, be the adults because he has to be. He had to no, no, be no. that. That's in that the problem. That's the problem right there, no, and no, that no, is no. why. No, 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 no. This is why. This is why Fitz has been acting the way that he has been acting. First of all, with this particular episode, you have to understand. No passes. I, I no, 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 no. no nobody ever me. gives him any passes. Whenever Fitz like has, whenever Fitz like is upset or he's stressed out or he snaps at someone, he's never allowed to be that way, even with the most fucking stressful no, job is. in the world. Because he's mad. No, he's not. Everybody, everybody always snaps at him. Like, oh, he's a child, he's a tyrant. This man has on the only thing, let me finish. The only thing that was on his mind is throughout this episode was one, I don't want to fuck up the us with me and Olivia right now. Two, I'm trying to be loyal and I don't want to do anything that is going to that's going to mess up whatever she is planning. I don't want to make this more complicated, right? So everybody else in the White House suffered because of that. And I get that, which is really, Abby couldn't do her job. Liz and her trifling ass who leaked the photos was also running around trying to figure out how she's going to start bringing her people in. So I have all the sympathy for those people. But the reason why I brought up the Cyrus thing is because this. Because Cyrus and Melly repeatedly treated Fitz like a child, when he got rid of those two and people, he's justifiably he, acting like it as well. He is. Well, I don't know that he's acting like a child. He's yes, trying to he act is. like 
No, no, no. He's no. trying to act like we're going to do what I want. No, and Katrina. I don't think no. it's the right no. thing to do. No, no, no. I'm saying I don't think it's the right thing to do. But I don't he, think he's being a child, though. He is acting like a child. You cannot run an administration and know that you have a press secretary that has to go out there and be the front line of your administration to declare for what's going on in the White House to the people. You cannot do that and wait on Olivia Pope. You need to have a conversation. Olivia was acting like a child. That All of that shit was childish because... Abby still had a job to do. And if you are protecting the administration, which it doesn't look like anybody's out there protecting the administration. Abby looks like a fool. The shit she says is not real. It's not right. It's not relevant. Olivia just contradicted her on television, national television, by saying, yes, she's her um, whatever. But she just stood at that podium and said, hey, look, this is the situation that's going on. John, you're literally arguing against yourself from last episode. No, let me finish. Let me finish. Because y'all say what y'all got to say. Let me say what I have to say. Thank you. So I'm not arguing against myself from last episode. Don't laugh at me. I'm not laughing at you. Continue with what you're saying. I'm not arguing with myself about the last episode. What I'm saying is, at the end of the day, what his job was, was to communicate to the audience or to um, Abby, because Abby has to be the front person. I never he said it was Olivia's job. Okay. He just didn't give her a statement. Yes, he did. This we told her had nothing this is to what say, I don't but want he kept to sending her out there. She had yeah. nothing to say. But because see, he that's didn't why, have anything that's to say. Why, but that's because why he was taking his cues from Olivia. Oh, God. Y'all just don't never let me finish a damn sentence. Let me finish talking. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to mute my Oh, what? What? That's voluntary. <laughs> what is going on? What I'm saying Let is this. No, Eldia, because you need to mute yourself too. The Trina <laughs> Katrina said, let me mute myself. Hey, Langston. What uh-huh. I'm saying is that at the end of the day, he was responsible for doing the communicating to Abby so she can go out there and have a solid face. This lady has now lied to the public. That was what she was trying to avoid in the first damn place. But he did not give her the opportunity or empower her with information enough to do her job. And it's not fair to her. And that's the second time he's done that. That's not Olivia's responsibility. That is Fitz's responsibility. And even if he wanted to wait on Olivia, he gave her a little message, a little voicemail. Hey, baby cakes, I love you, sugar thighs, all that stuff, whatever. Even though he gave her that message, (laughs) even though he said that, she went out there and she just, I guess she was like, bitch, I'm tired. Yes, I'm fucking him. It's good. And I'm just going to let y'all know. But but doesn't this serve (laughs) the purpose of Olivia Pope? Because Olivia Pope is a fixer. So wouldn't she work as the liaison between, say, the president? President. Like, if Olivia was just like, let's Girl, take her with Fitz out. I'm right? not even going the there with, y'all with this conversation. The president and press secretary, I, I correct is she, is she still Is she still it, trying to claim it, that Olivia wasn't obstructing? No, I'm saying, no, I'm paralleling between. I'm going to use myself. Looks at Olivia as a fixer. She is a fixer, correct? So he was like, I am waiting on Olivia because that is what Olivia does. She fixes things. So that's I that's where I. I that's where Fitz is coming from. Is like Liv always comes up with a plan, even though he's sleeping with her, he still sees her as Olivia Pope who needs to do her job for him. That's I don't. Okay, can let me say. Let me try to put this really succinctly. 
um, LDO. I don't think Fitz was waiting on Olivia as in a professional kind of fixer role. The thing that Fitz was most concerned about the entire episode from start to finish was protecting her. We have to remember that literally this bomb drops right after they have a conversation on the balcony where Olivia says she doesn't want to be under the scrutiny of the spotlight. So that is a thing going in Fitz's head. It's protecting but her can't from say that. that Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Protecting her from that examination, right? And not doing anything to screw up the tenuous place that they are in because she was very distressed at the very thought of that and how they would be stretched and pulled because the preponderance of that would be on her. He is used to this. He is in the public eye all the time. His life is always under examination. This man has like gone up in front of the press before and admitted to an affair that he didn't even have. And he was from the from the the season we met him, he has been accused. This is different for Olivia. So he has that unique thing in his head that everybody else running around doesn't have. They have their jobs in their head, and he's trying to balance that with being president. But his main concern is very personal, and it's being loyal to protecting her. And if that means he has to be silent, he's going to suffer the wrath of everyone in the White House in order to do that. Because Fitz has done stupid shit before when he thought he was doing something on Olivia's like best behalf and it didn't work out for him. So he's like, he doesn't want to make that mistake twice. So that is where he's coming from. Secondly, Jaha, you, what you have said has really highlighted the problem here between the personal and the professional. Olivia has capitulated almost every time to the, pers to the professional responsibilities of her office and making sure the status quo was kept. And this time, it's not. It's a paradigm shift. She, shift. she, she you know, admits to the affair at the end without any fucks to whose professional life it messes up and whose job it makes harder. Because God damn it, she's had so many years of sacrificing herself to make other people's jobs easier and has, has suffered guilt trips from people who have told her, basically, you're making it hard for me. Well, fuck y'all right now is basically what she's saying in the end. It's some shit is about me now. She, she and people are going to get hurt in that process, and they're going to be mad. She did the I same thing last episode with, with regards to Abby. What were you saying, Alvia? Well, I yeah, and that's what's going to happen right now until people try to figure that out. That's the conflict. That's the conflict with this with this relationship between these two people. Go that's ahead, true, but I don't get how you could say that he was trying to protect her when even Melly brought it up last, was it this episode or last episode, where she said, you are the one that leaked her name to begin with two seasons ago when I covered this up. So to me, Fitz is not trying to protect Olivia. He has never been about trying to protect Olivia. That's, I don't think I, I don't, I'm not even going down that road right now. I'm not even going down that road. <laughs> so right let's now. let's switch gears. Langston, Abby was asking for equality between herself and Lizzie. Do you think it will come conflict with her full alliance with Cyrus? Um, of course, of course it will. I mean, it's like, but ultimately, she's got she she definitely has Lizzie in her pocket now. Because at any moment she could drop the bomb on Lizzie, but I mean, the question is: is what's gonna, what is really gonna happen 
when Cyrus does come back to the White House because he, you know, obviously he's going to be anti-Lizzie. So there's going to be, there's already going to be conflict there when he comes back and sees Lizzie and, and Abby are now buddy, buddy, but it's not really a real, like a real partnership. It's a partnership made under duress. So ultimately I just think that Cyrus is going to, you know, he's going to stick it to Liz. He's going to stick it to Lizzie as best that he can for what she did to him. What do y'all think, LD and Katrina? Well, I just question how how would Cyrus come back and Lizzie still be there? What role would Cyrus be in? Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't think Elizabeth. I don't think she's gonna stay long because she's just the one that leaked those photos. So I don't think right, she's gonna be there that long. Right, but the only person, the only person who know, the only two people who know that. It's are David, David and Abby, and David's not talking because ultimately, ultimately, Pitt said, "I don't care." Right. <laughs> so it's like, interesting to see. Go ahead, Langston. Finish. Well, ultimately, Pitt said, "I don't care," and then he handed it off to Abby to do what she will with it, and Abby made her choice. She chose not to tell mm-hmm. Pitt. She chose to use right. it to her advantage, and so therefore. You know, if and when Cyrus does come back, the question is, will Lizzie, will Lizzie, Lizzie would obviously have to step down because I can't imagine that that Cyrus is coming back into the White House is anything less than his former position. And because I don't, I don't see what that would be, you know, unless, of course, he, unless he's, unless he's back in the capacity as as Melly's campaign manager at that point, you know, getting her ready for the presidency. Yeah, that's what we were talking Which about is, earlier. Yeah, I, yeah, I had mentioned that I thought that's how they were going to get Cyrus back in the White House. But um, the thing I was going to say was Abby and David know, like you said, David's not going to say anything. Abby's already made her decision about what to do with it, but it still does pose the question of what happens when they find out about what Lizzie did because if Lizzie loses her job it doesn't guarantee that Cyrus is automatically going to get his back keep that in mind Fitz still doesn't right. trust Cyrus he still doesn't right. want anything to do with Cyrus or Melly. But, so it'll be interesting to see but he but he apologized to Melly because he now needs Melly. because so same thing could go same thing could go for Cyrus he may bring Cyrus back because maybe Melly will advocate for for Cyrus and said we need him back. Y'all do realize that the only what, reason Melly, Melly ain't advocating for nobody. If it's to her, if it's to if it's to her, if it's to her advantage, she will. Remember last time when her, it was in season two when Fitz first cut both of them out, and then all of a sudden, remember Cyrus went to live and he was like, "She's got him back, and he's cutting me out." Like Melly is not. Mm-hmm. It, but that's the thing. That's the thing. But see that. But see that's that's the beauty. That's the beauty of their relationship she respects him and he respects her but they also have a rivalry so there yes, there is a back and forth it's a push and pull they're it's a almost like brother and sister just like how hook and quinn are right like, when you think about they're it they're like children who compete <laughs> Right, they can be. Look, I mean, but see that—that's exact. That goes exactly also to what Cyrus was saying. Be the parent. Yeah. Be the parent because because Fitz, Fitz is a petulant child, 
And it's like I and, said that. I did. Like, and I'm not arguing over this because I have a whole thing about this, like Cyrus and Melly talking about the adult when all they are are people's children. This is true. This is true. This is true. But when are are people who want to keep the status quo with their optics and whatever, and Fitz wants to Fitz wants more than that, and because of that, oh. and because of Liv, they're made to be children. Cyrus has been spewing this shit. Since God knows how long, so right. I'm not even But the thing right. is, is yes, they are they are just as petulant and childish as he is. But when they need something, when they need something from him, then they do take on the parent role and they demand stuff from him and they make him do stuff. But then at the same time, sometimes he's like, "Hold up, wait a minute, I'm the damn president. Fuck you." Now, look, everybody, is, even I like, I like that y'all bring this up. I like that y'all bring this up because, look, Susan is new to the administration, and she brings a lot of fresh eyes to what's going on on the episodes. She said, <laughs> she said, do you think about us, the American public? Do you think about what you're what? Do you think about us while you're having an affair in our house? You don't get to be like everyone else. That statement. How do you think Susan? handle the news of Fitz's affair with Olivia and the statement of where she made him kind of just look at him on himself because he was ordering her around and treating her like a slave. He might as well have owned Susan because the way he was talking to her, <laughs> look, that's the way he was talking to her. But, I, that's how I feel. But I have to say that when she first when she first realized when she just came in there like like a a ball of thunder what? talking about can you believe that they're saying all this stuff and blah 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 and all this stuff and then he says Waiting for Olivia. She's like, oh, oh, oh. It hit her. It hit her. I was like, oh, this is really happening. Okay. So yeah, I um, he, you know, he actually the funny thing about it is I thought at this point, especially after the lawn chair episode with the whole thing over gun control and the way they had that come, you know, they had yeah. that come to Jesus moment. I thought that he had gathered some more respect for her, but I have to say, I have to say that he was a little disrespectful last night, but she put him in his place and she did it in a tactful manner too. Um, And basically it was like, it was like a skewing of the Sally Langston type of uh, chastising, but not as, not as, um, you know, over the head as Sally would have been, but she did make him look, take a hard look at himself and ultimately more so than Abby. I think it was Susan that caused him to make that, make that call to actually call Melly to actually then also call live and leave that message for her. It was, it was Susan who, who caused that catalyst for him. I disagree with everything you just said. <laughs> Why? Why? Why did Cassandra show Send us a thing talking about um, what we called Fitch Childish. Um, here is Katrina talking about these nuts. And it's a cat. <laughs> <laughs> a cat but, but, ser- but seriously, but seriously, everyone had had a talk with Fitz at that point, and no one got to him but Susan. No, Abby I don't think she got there. Abby got to him as well. That, yeah. no, but the, but his <laughs> last... We just go disagree and move on because well, let me say one yeah. thing about Susan, okay? Y'all talking okay. about fresh eyes. There's, girl, 
There is nothing fresh about what Susan said. Literally, when she came out with that, I had a Tyra Banks gif in my head. Like, Susan, we were rooting we were for you. For you. We were for you. Because I love Susan. That's like my platonic ship. Like, I ship it so hard. Like, it's in Susan, like when they work together. But Susan's not a fresh pair of eyes. Susan is the naive, idealistic pair of eyes who has not been through the trenches of shit yet, right? But Fitz needs that part. He needs a bit of that um, idealism. What Susan had to say with Fitz was nothing fresh. Literally, what was what was going through my mind after the Tyra Banks gift was, Susan, I like you, but sit your ass down with that tired ass season one Cyrus Bean ass speech because that's basically what he said to Olivia in 107. Some men aren't meant to be happy. They're meant to be great, which was the same shit she was bringing back. Like, you don't get to be a person. You, America hired you to run the country, but you don't get to be a person, right? That's been the tension of this entire kind of series. And what she said was literally nothing new. Somebody has been saying that to Fitz for five seasons. So I was like, hey, girl, you could keep it. Thank you. Goodbye. Well, I could disagree, but I feel like the fresh pair of eyes is about the idealism because she did not expect that. She did not feel like he was doing anything like that. She did bring a fresh, fresh perspective because, and it's not a fresh perspective from the standpoint of it's never been said before. I'm talking about a fresh perspective as in, well, wow, I didn't expect that of you. I expected more of you from, than that. So she did bring that perspective. That's literally the definition of idealism. So I don't agree with that. I don't agree. I love okay. that. Um, we disagree. Yeah. yeah. We can agree to disagree. No yeah. I'm going to need y'all. I'm going to need to bring y'all. I'm going to need for y'all to bring it together. I love her opinion. Bring it together. Episode. That's just all. Ever since, ever since I came on. It's yeah, 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 yeah. We are not yelling at each other. Yes, you are. Do you, can, if you if you can see or feel the blood coming oh, from my ears. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, no. Well, we got our kumbaya moments. We have our stuff. I'll just get my cotton balls for later. I'm going to read y'all's comments in just a second, but I want to ask this question and um, get what you all think right before we go into the after dark. Um, the question was, how does leadership come? Is it given to you? Be the adult. You'll become the child. You want power. You want the power. You don't ask children if they want their vegetables. You make them eat it. Be the adult. And then Abby tells Cyrus, you're a terrible father. I know that was funny. Mm -hmm. What you know? We haven't even seen that funny. <laughs> I know I was gonna say like if he, they had a cutaway to him like feeding the baby or something, that could have been like the. Most I know I would love to ever. see Ella. Yeah, speaking of Ella, Ella and Michael, where are they? Right. Do they have their oh. own? Spin Do they have their own spinoff somewhere? I forgot <laughs> Cyrus was married. Oh darn! Yes. Yeah, but. <laughs> he's married and has a baby, yet we see neither of them yet. And he's been off work, so the the least we could have seen was like them sitting around playing with Ella while he was on the while he was on the checking out the computer, watching all the action going down or something. 
Well, know. Langston, you have given me something to investigate for Periscope. I will find out what happened to the actor that plays Michael and let you guys know on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. awesome. okay. Here she here she come, interject, here she come interject in real life again. <laughs> That's her well, job. <laughs> so I will investigate and have she's an like, she's like, She's like Velma from Scooby-Doo. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> she kind of looks like Velma. I've never seen <laughs> her. She has a <laughs> Oh my God, Lacey, you are a mess. <laughs> <laughs> we just do the gang, we are, we might be. I don't know which one I am. <laughs> Miss, look, all, all, to, all together now, Mr. Bean. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Morgan says, I thought it was funny at first, but she exposed the biggest problem on the show, people defying, um, defying, Deifying. Yeah, because I was like, what is this word? Because <laughs> I just saw her tweet and I was like, yes, yes, Morgan, yes, say it. Olivia, thank you, Morgan. Um, and then we have Cassandra with all of her memes. She said she loves when we get heated on the podcast because peace was never an option. Miss. Yeah. <laughs> Morgan says that's not Olivia's fault. She's responding to um, with the Fitz did it again with not uh, informing Abby. She said it's not. Olivia's fault. Fitz should have informed him, but considering their little club now, she doesn't feel bad. Um, and she says she doesn't think that Fitz was childish. Abby's job was to work it out. If he tells her to deflect, she should she should deflect, even if it's hard. She also job. says um, Fitz is a little disconnected from his staff. A little. <laughs> it's like Korea in America. Fitz yeah. is a little disconnected from his staff, but I also think that they are unreasonable and forgetting their place. What place? When you I have think, no direction because there's no leadership, what is I, the place? I don't I also, I also think I also think he's probably like a little gun shy after that after last season when the entire staff turned on him. Um then Cassandra says it wasn't Olivia's responsibility per se, but she should have at the very least given Abby's a heads given Abby a heads up. I don't know what you're talking about, Cassandra. No, I'm 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 done with Olivia giving people heads up with shit about her life. Y'all fucking figure it. <laughs> um, and so then in response to uh, at the end when Huck and Quinn had their scene, Cassandra says she thinks Quinn just had a mirror moment where she had to self-reflect, which we all have to do sometimes before we point fingers. Absolutely, positively, truth. I totally agree. Um, <laughs> Then she gave a meme up with Rihanna and said, Jaha be like, I don't agree. Hashtag no fucks given. Is it a picture with Rihanna all bloody? No. It's like her, 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 it should be Jaha with blood all over the same talking about bitch better, bitch better respect my opinion. Oh wow! <laughs> Thanks for that. Kamara <laughs> asks, "What do you guys think about the season that the season Oh Lord, you having a party over there? Oh no, she's you know you know where she at. She has that bread. Um, we didn't give at the Panera bread. Now see, I said that bread. You don't give them a promo. What is wrong with you? Uh, <laughs> hello, could well, work could work to our favor. Didn't you just? <laughs> Didn't you, didn't you just send me a task? Hello, Panera. I'm talking to you. You are absolutely. <laughs> but 
I, I have a question. I have a question real quick. Did did you guys did you guys discuss Melly's speech to Fitz when when she came in to ask him to tell him basically to apologize? That was the beginning of the show. Yeah, I love uh, that too. I, I love I love that. I love that. That was just... <laughs> well, you can go all through it in the after dark. That's where we're about to talk. <laughs> we'll talk about that there. And we're going on through. Um, and if you want to join us in the after dark, you can go to dramaqueenbooks.com backslash support and you can join us there. We're going there in a few seconds right after I read these responses and we give our last thoughts and close out the show for today. Thank you all for joining us. Um, Kamara Harrington says, I think Quinn was burying herself in her work just like Liv because she's still trying to figure out what to do about her issues with Huck and possibly Charlie. Then Lucinda says, let me scroll it back down. Lucinda says, see, she's his backup. Wait, wait, let me start at the top. I see this is going bad for Abby because secrets always come out and it won't be just a work problem. It will be a personal problem if Liz and Fitz find out Abby handled things the way she did. I think they were, I think Fitz was watching her. And then she says, see, she is his backup. That's her whole job. He gets the shot. He gets shot. She steps up and that's her boss. No matter what, he's out. No, he's doing it. Not her place to call him out. I think that um, you're talking more about the fact that she and Elizabeth North made a, a pact um, or that equality agreement. Lucinda, I think that's what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And Kamara says, but Fitz said how many different ways he can't be a partner to someone who doesn't understand what that really means. I guess you're talking about Melly. And then she said, I don't like the idea that Abby even went to Cyrus. I think maybe she should have talked to Fitz. She tried that. That didn't work out. So I like the idea that she went to Cyrus because Cyrus is always bringing me crazy and I love him. Shouldn't Liv use her fixer skills to protect their relationship, i.e. the Republic? That's not her job. Liv shouldn't have had a should have had a conversation with Abby so she could have enough info to do her job, which is to protect the administration. Liv's job, she does not work but, for the White House. So it is not her job to talk to Abby about anything. That is not her responsibility. Okay, we're going but, after dark. But she did create a firestorm that left Abby with with no with nothing. Yeah, you know? we talked about that. We did, and I agree. But I mean, regardless regardless of whether she works for the White House, what she did affects the White House and affects Abby's job. But so, she didn't do anything. She didn't do anything. What she took do? the fuck off. That's what the fuck she did. Oh, we talked about she that. She left. And she and she left without any instruction on what to do, and that's normally what Liv does. Normally, Liv has a plan; she has a backup plan. But Liv, Liv panicked and she left, and so then that left Abby to have to handle everything because Fitz didn't know what the hell to do. You know, thank you. That's his 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 entire time his entire time was I'm waiting for Liv. So he didn't. He just didn't. You know, he didn't. Fitz didn't know what to do. Abby didn't know what to do, and she had to figure it out on her own. And because Liv well, left everything, she Liv, Liv, Liv went in that tunnel, and she was like, "Got to go." Mara <laughs> says, "I swear, I thought Huck was going to kill Quinn when she kept yelling at him. I understand that she was scared and hurt because of what he's done. I think in some way she still loves him. She doesn't know how to fix him or herself. And I agree with you. I think she does love Huck." 
not in a brother-sister way either, because once you get the thighs thing going, that's a different kind of love. And then Lucinda says, I think the problem isn't that he's a child. I think he's just being, he's over being told what to do and handled. Well, he was waiting on Olivia. That's what I, thank you, Lucinda. That's what I meant. Because of the way Cyrus and Melly repeatedly tried to control not just his presidency, but his life, like everything about his life, Fitz is so done with that. And so he's overcompensating for what they did in the past. Well, I can agree with that. I think that um, then she says, but these people work for him. He has no trust in them. Thank you. Damn, Lizzie Bear don't want to work too hard. Well, we see that. Lizzie Bear ain't about this administration at all. And Susan's job is to go where Fitz tells her to go. She's his vice president. But and I know a lot of feelings partially arise with the way Fitz has been talking to his staff in this episode, because do you notice that Fitz is surrounded by women? Now, if all of those people were men, a bunch of y'all wouldn't have such hurt feelings about it. But because he's talking to these women in that way, it feels really uncomfortable. And that's not it. true. Well, not I do you. think part of it is Not true. for me. Not for me. I, I'll not give that Katrina. Not for me. I think that because they, they're kind of like, all of them are scared of him in some kind of way. None of them are like really stepping up and being in that role. Cyrus wouldn't let him talk to him like that. And that's just where, and it's not even about him being a man. It's just being about him having the, the, the gumption to say what he had to say and to not be afraid of being fired. I think these people are job scared. And that's a lot of Americans in this world. They're job scared. They don't say things when they need to say it to the uh, management and upper management just because they're scared of losing their jobs. And a lot of that, I think Abby is scared of losing her job, which is why she didn't step up before and say these things. But when somebody gives them permission to, like Abby basically got permission from Cyrus to have her own way of handling it and her own way of trying to make it work, then that's when she felt more empowered. You saw her have that moment of switching from, from good Abby to Glenda Goodwitch. And she was like, bitch, I don't fucking care now. I'm just telling y'all they stay together. But um, so then she says, Quinn should be Liv's baby sister. Quinn should be Liv's baby sister because their lives are similar. Liv doesn't show her enough love. No one does. It's not fair. She's alone. She is alone at OPA. She's alone at OPA. I feel sorry for Quinn a little bit in that, in that respect. She does feel alone. And they're not, man, I just like badass Quinn. But Quinn is crazy enough. That's crazy to egg hug. Oh. But Quinn is crazy to egg Huck on like she has been, but it goes way back because Huck or Liv basically created Quinn. I think she's mad he didn't go to her from the beginning to either apologize to her or go to her for help. Well, she had made it pretty damn clear she didn't want nothing to do with him. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then the last um, response or question or whatever is that Fitz is making the decisions that he feels is right for him and Liv. He doesn't. No, he's not willing to give up that right to people who have other agendas. That's true. That are contrary to what he, he and Liv want. That happens too many times in the past, i.e. Melly and Cyrus ass out. All right, Kamara, thank you. Thank y'all for joining us. We appreciate y'all being here and hanging in with all of we had, what we had to say and what y'all had to chime in about. And we are going into the after dark so we can talk some more crap. <laughs> and I have to give Katrina some more love because I love she. She know I love you. So I'll see y'all later. We'll see y'all later. <laughs>
Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Scandal Podcast. Remember to catch us live when we are recording the episode on Fridays at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can, of course, use any of the methods I mentioned at the beginning of the show to uh, join into the chat with us while we're we're going there. And then also check out Eldia on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Periscope, which is, of course, periscope.com. TV backslash scandal podcast and she will be talking about scandal fashion and the actors of scandal so thank you all again for joining us I am out of here <laughs>